Welcome to Taiwan Talk here on ICRT. I'm Alex Lewis. This week, I wanted to talk about the recently concluded summer universiad here in Taipei. Uh, it was way more successful than I think most people thought it would be. And I'll be joined by Jane Lee and Philip Broussard of the ICRT news team to talk about just that. This interview was recorded on August 31st, the day after the closing ceremony. Please enjoy. I am in the studio with Jane Lee and Philip Broussard of the news team, and we were the contingent that covered the Universiad. So let's start with the expectations versus what actually happened. Uh, let's go to you, Jane. Well, we have to admit that the expectations were low, especially after these long disputes over the main venue for the Universiad between Miracle and and of course, the far glory chairman about this Taipei Dome. And eventually it moved to Taipei Stadium and everybody was thinking, okay, the Universiad is doomed, that it's not going to attract any attention. And even the poll shows that the one week ahead of the Universiad, 78% of Taipei residents, they didn't know that the Universiad is about to happen. And uh, about 62% said that they didn't feel a thing about this sporting event. So that's how the expectations were. Phil, how about you? I guess about the same. I mean, I didn't really thought much about it. It kind of seemed like this thing that was looming and always coming and always coming, but never actually arriving, like the White Walkers. <laughs> um, but then when it was here, yeah, it was actually pretty good. And especially, you know, I, I went to the the closing ceremonies last night, and judging by people's screaming, wild screaming, they seem to really enjoy it. So Yeah, so it went from kind of apathy to... People really buying in and yeah. feeling the fever. They got all they got caught up in it for sure. Uh huh. And I think it's this uh, unforgettable opening ceremony that caught everybody's attention. That, you mean the uh, protests? Yeah, the protests and the delaying of of the athletes making an entrance. And so it's just it was it became such a big news that finally people are now focusing on this event. Interesting. So you're saying that the protests kind of helped the Universiad in a way. In a weird way, yes. Uh, otherwise, probably. Just like the, the poll shows that nobody, or maybe very few people, would really notice this event. But with the protest, with the big uproar, like everybody was saying, okay, the protesters shouldn't have done that, and so it began the the this whole upward trend for the university end. So, Jane, you were at the opening ceremony. Could you tell us a little bit about it? It started off pretty well, actually. Well, I, I, the first thing I noticed after I got off from the uh, Taipei MRT station is the sheer number of police officers deployed there. I have never seen so many police officers in that particular area. There are like hundreds of them, and they were deployed all the way from the Brothers Hotel, the MRT station, to the Taipei Arena. So it's a long stretch of Nanjing. East Road and so many officers and uh, people in black. I think they are security personnel. And so you would think that they are making a big fuss out of this. I mean, the protesters, they are retired civil servants. They are older people. They are teachers. And so you, they are not terrorists. Yet one threw a bomb. 
Yes, a smoke bomb. And um, so it, with so much, such a high level of security, you would expect that it would go on very smoothly, but then it didn't. Mm-hmm. So I think the main reason from my point of view is that the organizer of the opening ceremony, they really wasn't prepared for this kind of crisis or the, this sudden chaos. And so they just stopped the athletes from entering. The- yeah, can you tell us uh, the actual impact on the opening ceremony? Right after Canada, okay, with A, with the alphabets A and B, so the athletes were coming in and people were cheering and they were, they were clapping and everybody was happy. And then after Canada, you only see that the flag bearers coming one after another and no athletes whatsoever and no explanations were given for like 14 minutes. So it's really an eerie feeling. Everybody was saying, hey, what's going on here? You keep hearing the announcements of these country names from Canada to Croatia, Panama, Russia. And we all know that there are a lot of athletes from these countries, but you don't see anyone. Interesting. So we, in the press area, every one of us just stood up and looked around and asking questions, what's going on here? And so I think the organizers, they were so unprepared for this. And so they responded in a worst way possible. They just keep sending out these flag bearers. And what they should have done is just to stop the or suspend the entrance of the athletes for a period of time, maybe for 10 or 20 minutes, and then still let them come in. To, to lessen the the this kind of shocked or disturbed feelings. Mm. I spoke to an athlete from the United Kingdom, and he told me that everybody, all the athletes that were that were in the tunnel, just waiting to march, they didn't know what was going on, and they said that they were just hanging out in the tunnel, having fun, talking to each other. Um, so I think the the atmosphere within the tunnel itself was fine. And then I spoke to another journalist when I was covering an event uh, during the university ad who said that the people that were affected, like the Canadian team and the people that ran into the protesters, they said they didn't know it was a protest because all the protesters were, were just smiling and seemed like they were having fun themselves. So it was, it was, kind, of, it was kind of weird for them, too. Um, they didn't really know like, what was happening. Right. I, I, I don't think that the protesters in any way would attack the athletes. That's, that's why I think the organizers overreacted a, a little bit. Mm. Have any thoughts on this, Phil? Um, I was not there. I, I mean, obviously, I think, <laughs> I think the protest, what the, their actions are really irresponsible. I mean, it's, this is very, that would damage Taiwan's image. And I mean, a strong Taiwan is what they want too, isn't it? Yeah, I think they should have chosen their battleground much, much more better, wisely. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Uh, let's talk about the ticket sales. Ticket sales were definitely lagging in the beginning of the event. So like a week out, there were only 200,000 tickets sold out of 800,000. About less than one-third. Less than one-third, yeah. And uh, I think organizers were kind of starting the spin machine and saying, oh, yeah, 200,000, that's a lot of tickets already. If you really think about it, you know, without the context of 800,000, 200,000 tickets is pretty good. A lot of people regretted not buying the tickets during the, the initial periods because afterwards, you a lot of them couldn't get hold of any tickets. Yeah, I tried to go online and I couldn't. And if you wanted to go to the events, you would have to line up and, and buy the tickets there. And it's, it's really long lines. Before I got the, the press pass, I didn't realize that we were going to get one. And so I went for the early bird tickets for the for Tiaoshui, the um, diving. And it was easy. I mean, there, everything was open. I mean, I got exactly. all the tickets I wanted. and Yeah, but then when I showed up for the event, it was like completely full. 
You know, only ten percent of the tickets can be bought hours before the beginning of the contest. Ninety percent of them would be sold online, and so and ninety percent of them were gone by the time games begin. And so those people they would have to wait for the ten percent of the tickets. Not likely that they'll get one. <laughs> Right, and the newspaper says today that in total, eighty-seven percent of the tickets were sold. Eighty-seven percent. Eighty-seven percent ended up sold. That's fantastic. Much better than one third. <laughs> Much better, yeah.、Uh, and let's talk about the social media uptick. Did anybody notice、um, their social media blowing up? Phil, I guess you're the you're in that generation. As、um, not really. I think I think one of my friends who's really into volleyball. I'm not sure if he went or something, but he always posts about volleyball. So I'm not sure if that was university ad volleyball or just his. Other than that, I didn't really notice anything on on my feed personally. Okay, really?、Uh, I I definitely noticed a lot of my friends talking about it and、uh, getting more excited about it as the games went on. Especially my Russian friend, he would post a lot of streams for the events、um, so people could watch online, and、um, he would just be. Repping Russia, any chance he got, and then my other local friends. The the more the university had unfolded, the more they felt, I guess, patriotic or proud that this event happened or that it went well, and you know that we did. Yeah,、really、the, the, I, I did see a few.、Um, you know, whenever Taiwan broke, you know, a, a record or won a gold, people might post an article about them. But I think the the most articles that I saw about the university had posted by my friends would be the ones where they're like, "Look at all of these shrike." From the university, <laughs> of course. That's also a very important part. <laughs> that's university, that's the vital part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I do know that the the live broadcast of the entire university at games it, they they broke records as well. A lot of viewers, the viewership was really high.、Mm-hmm. So, so actually, there there we've got figures on that. So there were records broken at the Taipei twenty seventeen included. Those related to organization, so it's not just about you know the the athletes breaking you know world records for speed or distance or whatever. So、uh, one of the records is more than three hundred hours of coverage were broadcast to more than one hundred countries, while live streaming brought in over a million viewers to a single game of volleyball. So, Whoa, that's、yeah. very impressive. And the Bravo Bear mascot sold out, selling more than one million U.S. dollars worth of merchandise. That's awesome. So.、Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the medal table. How Taiwan did, placing third with twenty-six gold, thirty-four silver, and thirty bronze. We came after Japan and Korea. Japan had thirty-seven gold, and Korea had thirty gold. And then Russia and USA round out the top five.、Um, this was way better than I think everybody expected for Taiwan getting twenty-six gold.、Uh, let's talk about that, Jane. That's three times better than the last Universiade that we participated. That's two years ago in Guangzhou in South Korea. Do you think Taiwan spent more money, or why did they do so much better this time? Well, hosting these games, of course, is one of the major reasons. A lot of the athletes they were talking. About how they feel pumped up and encouraged by the cheering on at the venues, and also、um, I don't know the the other reasons probably would be we really because we are hosting it. So the all these athletes they I think they go through their trainings in a more serious manner. I don't know. That's just my speculation.、Uh, so you didn't hear anything specifically?、Mm-mm, no, but I think definitely hosting the the, the game would help a lot. And speaking of the cheering crowds, I think Taiwan did a really good job of being supportive to everybody. I mean,、um, 
Like, considering all that's going on with North Korea right now, you could be understanding if the crowd would be less than enthusiastic when a North Korean athlete stood up there. But when I was at the diving competition and the North Koreans were doing really well and the crowd was cheering for them when they scored well and it was great. And actually, really unfortunately, the North Korean male in a mixed teams, he slipped from the 10 meter on his very last dive and he, he failed dive. It was a disaster. And, you know, everybody, you could hear their disappointment that, you know, he, he was doing so well and he just slipped at the last moment. Yeah, I, I do think that the, the audiences are very supportive of athletes from other countries as well. And, but, but nothing compared with, with their cheering when the... Of course, when Chinese the, Taipei the, the, the tiny, came on. Yeah, Taiwanese athletes came on. That, that's just a whole different level. Although it would be interesting because we didn't see any Chinese athletes right chinese Not. athletes were here um they didn't participate in any team, team sports. sports but you know diving they they if you look at the the scores for diving over the years china has won like 99 percent uh, that's a random number don't quote me on it but like if you look on the wikipedia page every single championship has been won by china and they weren't even in the finals you didn't see a single chinese diver and so i don't it's see conspicuous. any yeah i don't see any chinese athletes in the track and field yeah. Or in Zhuochu, in table tennis. Yeah, which they're they are also very, very good, good at. Yeah, in table tennis and not in the uh, the women's. Oh, of course, they maybe they didn't send a women's basketball team. They said know. no team sports. Okay. Yeah, no team sports. And I, and I think they sent just a much smaller contingent. It was over uh, 100. More than 100. I think yeah. it's 140 or 150, something, yeah. something like that. But you, the, their medal count is the ninth one. And in the regular Olympics, they're usually up near the top, right. not, not down at nine. So that's something unusual. I mean, that's something that you would say, hey, what, what's going on with the Chinese athletes or what kind of Chinese, what level of Chinese athletes they are sending to the university. And again, China. there's the Chinese national games going on in China right now. So maybe the... The, the biggest athletes were not willing to come because they can win things there that is much more valuable to them than if they came here. Um, yeah, I think that also goes along with um, some Taiwanese athletes not really being in or from universities. Um, so the rules are that you can either be a university student or be a year from university or you had to have taken a university class within a year to qualify for the university ad and you have to be under 28 years old. Right. Um, but I know for like some of these athletes, these Taiwanese athletes were not. Especially like uh, I think the, the three athletes that generated most discussions in this regard are the Jan sisters, the, the, the tennis players, and also Dai Ziying. She's the, the top weightlifter. No, no the, badminton. the badminton player oh, yes. who's the top female badminton player in the world. And so there were discussions of it's a shame that she she gave up the world championship in badminton because the, the time overlapped with the university. And she gave that up to participate in this one. And uh, of course, she won a gold medal, but it seems a little bit unfair to the other athletes and also a little bit unfair for herself. Yeah, I mean, if she could win it at the, the World Championship, I mean, that's a much bigger competition. Much bigger prizes, cash yeah. prizes. But she said that it's worth it. And I can understand that uh, with the, all this pressure and expectations, since we are hosting the game, people would want the top athletes to, re to take part in this. And also, we didn't know that we have so many athletes that can compete. But if she 
is not qualified, if she has, you know, isn't a university student and she's already the top of the game in the world, coming in to play against university students kind of, kind of, I would say, almost makes it seem like Taiwan's badminton association is bullying the other associations around the world, using their strong, strongest player to beat out people who don't have as much experience. I think it's basically well. Maybe I'm not the one to really to. St- I'm maybe not in any position to say about these decisions. But、uh, I think the Jan sisters, the the the, the older one, Jan Yongran, she's already 28 years old, and she's has been out of college for a long time, and she has played in the professional field for several years now. And so she,、uh, but she's still qualified. I mean, it's not that she she's running against the rules. She's still. Approved by by our own organization and also by FISU as well, and so. But I think we just this lack of experience or lack of confidence that we want to have the top athletes to to go out there and win medals for us. And and I want to point out that the university is going to lower the age limit to twenty five years old, and that would effectively. Exclude the veterans from the next university. But if that rule, you have to have had a university class within a year. So did one of the Jan sisters just take a class just so that she could be in the university? Ad.、Uh, I don't know the details, but I think what they did is they keep their registration. So they thought about this six years ago. When they knew that the university ad was coming、I、to Taiwan, I think they have always kept their students' registration, but I'm not sure.、Oh. That I'm、yeah. not sure. So yeah, they could participate on a technicality, but it, it kind of seems that they're putting winning ahead of the experience or like the spirit of the university ad games, you know. But you you have to see other athletes as well, such as、um, the Pama Horse Champion, the、uh, Li Zhikai. He's、yeah. only he's really a, a he's really young. He's twenty two, I think, or twenty one. And he and also this one hundred meter sprinter <clears throat> Yang Junhan, he's twenty, and this javelin thrower Zheng Zhaocun, he's twenty three, and all of them are really college students. So it's just we I guess we didn't know that we have so many. Good athletes that are able to get gold medals、so、and break did, records. Uh huh. And we didn't need to rely on those top ones that are already famous. Which event was your favorite to cover, Phil? Let's start with you.、Mm, well, I didn't cover the diving one. I just went there. Where to go? It doesn't matter. <laughs> the event that you liked going to best. Um, I'd probably say diving. Even though I'm, I'm more interested in gymnastics, I think although they're quite similar, flipping through the air and doing it gracefully.、Um, but with the diving, I had you know better seats, so I could I could kind of get into it more. Whereas with gymnastics, of course, it's a huge area; they need a lot of space to run around in, right? So、um, it was harder to get as involved. I felt a little bit more separated from it. But I did get to see Lee break the record and win gold right in front of me, and I managed to record that one. I don't know. It's both. It was good on both sides for sure. Yeah. How about you, Jane? Track and field for sure, definitely. You, it's a vast venue, and you see so many contests going around at the same time. And whenever the Taiwanese, the Taiwanese athletes are doing great, you hear this thundering, roaring cheers, and it's really exciting. Yeah, I went to track and field too. I think that was probably my favorite. Even though I didn't go to any of the medal rounds, I saw、uh, the javelin, the qualifying javelin throws, and those are really cool to see.、Mm-hmm. And you could hear the crowd wasn't as big as it would have been if I went、um, to the final to the finals.、Yes. Yeah,、um, but they were still cheering them on.、Mm-hmm. And I, and also the、uh, the four hundred meters 
uh, qualifying rounds. That was、oh, cool to see too. I saw the the four by one hundred meter relay, and Taiwan Taiwan's team won a bronze medal from that event. Everybody was standing up and just screamed at the top of their lungs. is It's actually very exhilarating. It's uplifting. Yeah, I thought Taiwanese people were are really good sports fans.、Um, every event that I went to, they were they were always paying attention,、mm-hmm. no matter who was going, no matter if it wasn't if it wasn't from their country or not. They would always pay attention. Yeah, again at the I reported on this at the gymnastics last time, but the the officials for the Ukrainian event would start this chant and clapping, and they get ooh Karina, and then. They start clapping, and then everybody in the audience started doing it with them because the the Ukrainian athlete was going up. I don't know. I mean, it was. I mean, they were just having fun with it, but I mean, you could see that they're you know they're being supportive for the Ukrainian athlete, and it was nice.、Uh, it was nice to see that. But on the other side, Lee won gold, and his、uh, teammate Xu Xu Bingqian him. He did really, really well. I mean, his his movements were beautiful and strong and crisp, but he fell off the pommel horse, and of course, you know, he gets knocked way back into the rankings. And right after the event, the media is swarming around Lee to ask him questions and everything. And Shu is standing fifteen feet away by himself. There's one person standing next to him. No one's talking to him. I mean, he put in just as much work as Lee, and he he. He fell, but I mean, he's still Taiwan's team, and it seems just kind of like he was cast aside. I mean, that was more by the reporters than the crowd. I mean, the crowd—you could they, when he fell, you could hear the disappointment in them, and they cheered him on again to say it's okay, keep going. But you could see the the media's attention was all on Lee. Yeah, I think that's indicative of just how much pressure these athletes or the Taiwanese athletes were under. And the media are known for their cruelty. So. Yes, exactly. That, and I felt <laughs> cruel. Are we media? I, wait, did you go talk to him? I didn't. I, I wanted to.、Oh. I know. I know that's his. But the thing is, I don't know what to say. I was. I was. Right after he fell, I started brainstorming questions that I wanted to ask him. But every single one that I came up with, I imagined a way that it would make him feel worse. I wanted to ask him a question that would maybe let him explain himself or express himself and feel better. But I was worried that anything that I would say would just focus on the fact that he was disappointed.、Mm. To wrap it all up, do you think the official stated goal、um, for the univer- for the university had to put Taiwan on the map? Do you think that was achieved? Definitely. I mean, from what we have just talked about, yes, I think definitely.、Um, but but I when when people say that let the world see Taiwan, 让世界看到台湾 I think. My feeling is that the university has let us see ourselves. It opened our eyes to ourselves, to our capability, to see that we can really get this done. That、um, we are capable of hosting a great game, and our athletes are good enough to compete on the world stage. I think that's the feeling that、um, um, that I take away from the university. Taiwanese people always seem very、um, zibei,、uh, self-degradating. Yeah,、mm-hmm. they like they do lack confidence. And I'm I I think that that is what the the games did most here. And it's actually the same thing happened in Vancouver when we had the Olympics. Canadians aren't known for being super patriotic, but when that was going on, 
everyone was wearing Canada flags and everything. And it seems similar here. People seemed a lot more proud to be Taiwanese and to yell out when they saw their own athletes. I mean, of course, there's the question of, you know, playing under the name of Chinese Taipei. But during their speeches, um, Fu Zongtong, oh, Chen Jianren. Chen Jianren, he said, uh, used the name Taiwan. And also, I think Tsai Ing-wen in the opening ceremonies also used the name Taiwan. So it was a good chance. I mean, hopefully these speeches are being broadcast around the world. So I think, you know, people will realize that there is a place called Taiwan <laughs> here. And it is <laughs> it's doing what it can to stay here. afloat. <laughs> I'm, I'm positive that the, the memories of these games would be there for years to come. And whenever I go to these venues, you see a lot of young people, the, the teenagers, the high schoolers, and, and also school children as well. And I'm quite sure that they would get deeply impressed by these big games. And hopefully this will be the catalyst for future athletes and for sports fans, for sports lovers in the future. And the athletes. I mean, I'm sure a, whole, a, whole, a lot of them came to Taiwan not even knowing where it was. Exactly. And now they've been here. They've seen the people. They've seen, you know, had the food, seen what's around, everything. They've experienced the hospitality here. And when they go back to their home countries, people are going to ask them, you know, what was it like? Where did you go? What did you see? And they're going to be like, Taiwan is this amazing place. Mm-hmm. And it's got its own culture, its own people, its own food, its own vibrancy. Mm-hmm. And they're so friendly. And that was me, Jane Lee, and Philip Broussard of the ICRT News team discussing the 29th Summer University that happened here in Taipei. I think congratulations are in order to the organizing committee and Taiwan for putting their best foot forward and being such a great host. Thanks for listening to this week's Taiwan Talk. I'm Alex Lewis.